0: You can do that a lot if you want to. That's right. That's right. Uh, guys, hey, listen, I need a special prayer this morning, too. Uh, many of you guys know Amy, uh, Amy Francis. Uh, she does, she's serving and things like that. Had a, an MRI this past week, um, and actually uh, they found something in her brain, not really sure. Um, and so some of you may have seen the ambulance come in. In fact, they're right out here, they're taking uh, Amy to the to the uh, I think Olathe Med. So, here's what I'd like to do I'd like to, for us to lift Amy up right now. Um, and they she actually fell outside and uh and things, so not not sure what's going to We pray for this morning, but uh but I want to uh kind of lead us in prayer. And if you're online, pray for Amy Francis as well, I'd appreciate that. And uh, we will oh, sorry, better. Sorry about that. Ah, sorry, man. Everybody catch that? <laughs> so so we're going to pray for Amy Francis right now. If you guys are cool with that, please join with me. Father, we just love you. We trust you with Amy. I know that she is yours. I know that she is um, uh, nervous, scared, whatever it is. Lord, I ask that you just be with the, the, the doctors and the physicians and the EMTs and the firemen that are out that are... Uh, um, man, uh, man, serving her, serving. Hopefully, man, we pray for them that they serve you ultimately. So, Lord, we ask that you heal, heal Amy. Whatever's going on with uh, with the brain, with uh, you know, with uh, now the you know the hurt uh, shoulder, whatever it is, we're asking you, Lord, Lord, to just heal her completely, to to the amazements of the doctors, to the to the glory of your name. We love you and we trust you with her. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody said thank you guys very much thank you thank you thank you so uh, the cool thing about being a Christian I, I actually um, we had a guy that, that grew up with me in in youth ministry if you will um, he was one of my youth when I was a youth minister uh, way back in the day so um, actually uh, Pam's like eh, that was two years whatever a long time ago so thank you for all you do Pam with the youth amazing time because like I never had a ministry like what you got. Like it's it's really really cool. I mean, not only do we launch a church uh, called you know in the Raytown area, which uh, we got the got the Stearns in the back, right? And is Bailey still with you? Hey, Bailey's been picking on me the entire time today. You know what I mean, giving me the evil eye. Hey, you know it's true. So yeah, we kind of picked on each other. It's been a long time since I've seen you though, Bailey. It's good to see you again. But uh, we have had, uh, you know, just we launched the Raytown Campus three years ago. Is that right? Four or three years ago? Out of this church. And so, what's interesting is we have said it's kind of a running joke is we've had uh, we have uh, cows across the street, and we launched a church literally with the McDonald's across the street, right? So it's kind of like the circle of life. So in a country church uh, planting an urban church, it just don't happen except uh, welcome to a new city because God can do anything at all. Amen. And so it's really cool, so I want to thank uh, David and Sherry Stearns too, for you guys are some of the original folks, uh man, almost nine years ago when we started here at uh, here in Edgerton as New City Church, you guys were part of the Edgerton Southern Baptist Church uh gang of eight. <laughs> right? that's what we. Did. And so it's really cool to see you um, see you, and thank you guys for all you do. It's good to, good to have you guys in the house. so But uh you know, we are in this series. And we're calling it rivals. And and we're yeah, it's it's kinda neat. Hey, Chiefs kick off this off today, right? Go Chiefs. I thank you very much, man. I had somebody say shout out something about some cowboys something or other this morning. I'm like, all right, everybody, let's pray for this person right now. This person needs Jesus. So I'm sorry. But it's it's interesting. Like and we've got a Raiders fan in. I'm sorry, you gave me the evil eye there for a second. So I just felt this weird presence over here. All right, <laughs> but man, we 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 love we love Raiders fans too. Just we just don't like the Raiders. I mean, it's just all right. It's, it just is what it is. But uh, now, nah, but but it it's a fun time, right? And so, but the interesting thing about the Book of James that we're going to be going through over the next few weeks is there are things that are going to be competing for your soul. There are going to be things that are, man, it's going to be either, it's either going to, it's, the enemy is going to come after you if you are an actual believer. I mean, I mean, if you are following Jesus, the enemy is going to come after you. And he's going to try to distract you. And he's going to try, to try to pull things away. And I'm not one guy that's like, oh, the devil's coming. Shoot, we got Jesus, man right? The devil ain't got a chance, so I'm not even going to. But I want you to understand that that there are going to be the natural desires, and then there are going to be God's desires for you. So our ourselves, a lot of times, are our, our, we are our own worst enemy when it comes to living for things of God. For example, a lot of times say, well, I have a natural desire for food i have a natural desire for alcohol i have a natural desire for whatever i have a natural desire for sex i have a natural desire for those kind of things and we will submit to those natural desires and many times god is looking at us going hey i got something better for you i've got my desires for you so our our entire christian walk if you look at all the commands of jesus in the new testament and, and God in the Old Testament, all of the commands that we are commanded are, are, are things that come unnaturally for us. Things like, pray for your enemies. Who does that, right? <laughs> I heard some, yeah, right? Love your enemies. If you get slapped, turn the other cheek to get the other one slapped. Like Who does this stuff, right? And so when you start hearing those things and, and and loving one another as I love you is what Jesus says, that means we not only love one another, we are sacrificial toward one another. Like it just don't make sense. Because the world says, look out for number one. It's a dog-eat-dog dog world. Hey, I, I've never eaten dog that I know of. I've been on some overseas mission trips, so you never know, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Hey. Ben's like, it ain't so bad, bro. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. I, that doesn't sound appealing to me. What appeals to me is like rest in the Lord. What appeals to me is like submit myself ultimately to him. Like, like my yoke is light. My burden is easy, right? Like, like connect with me and, and you will live in such a way. That sounds great, I was telling you, I've got a buddy of mine that used to be, uh, you know, in my youth group, and he grew up as, in a Christian home, and he actually got into ministry. He actually be, was the youth minister here at this church for quite a long time. And uh, many of you know him, and many of you, like, it's, it's a great thing he has left the faith. And, and, I, and, I, and I sat with him, and that's, you know, we're, we're talking through. I still love the man, right? And he still loves me. And I firmly believe he's going to come back into the faith because Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. Amen? And so I firmly believe he is is God. He's going through a season right now. But that is one of the things he told me, that he said, man, one of the hardest things to, this is one of the things about this new walk that I have is I really don't have hope. This is it, right? And so for us to have this hope of eternity, this this idea of no matter what happens right now, we're all dead physically in 100 years, but we can't die. No one's going to remember me. No one's, like, seriously, in a couple of generations, I've got a granddaughter now, scientifically proven to be the best granddaughter in the entire world. I've done the research, right? Trust the science, Hear that said a lot. But 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 her kids, maybe her grandkids will never know me. They'll never know a, a Casey Carter. And by the way, I'm not Casey Wolf. I'm not, I didn't sign that. I could have, I guess. But but no, like she won't know me. And I've got to be okay with that. And for us to be thinking eternally, it's gotta, gotta be like, I, like that's worth it. Amen. Because God is the one that's gonna remember me. God is the one that's going to remember you for eternity. We get to hang out for all, like forever if we're in Him. Amen. And so, what we find in the book of James as we are learning and growing and in, in reaching the lost. By, way, by the way, we had a baptism in the first ser- service. Fantastic testimony from Andrea Williamson. And so, if you see her, if you know her, man, love on her. Tell her you're praying for her. Like it's awesome what what uh, what God is doing but we're as we're reaching the loss and we have more and more baptisms man we got to help people understand that it it's like it's a it's a battle and it's a fight and it's a war and it's fun and it's awesome and it's scary and it's a roller coaster and it's up and it's down it's like the most amazing thing you'll ever you'll ever have but it's not going to be one of those well hey if you come to know Jesus all your problems are going to go away that's a lie the, the truth is, when you come to know Jesus, things might get... I forgot. Oh, am I supposed to just make everybody feel good? Am I just supposed to make everybody feel happy and cozy and fuzzy and stuff like that? Is that right? Or am I supposed to tell the truth? Talk to me. Truth or truth or or, or the, the fuzziness? Truth, right? Like Jesus said, for this reason I was born, for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth, not to make everybody happy. And I'm not trying to make everybody sad. I'm just saying we got to understand the reality of it. When people come to know the Lord, man, the enemy's coming after you, but God is bigger, God is greater. And so for people to lie and say, hey, you're, you're, your life's going to get better and all your problems are going to go away, um, man, that that just sets people up for failure because as soon as some problem comes, oh, I thought this Jesus magic was going to work. And it doesn't. It's not like that. It is a peace and a joy and a and a, a that that surpasses all understanding through those trials. That everybody looks at you like, how can you hold your head up? How can you possibly go through these things and still be smiling and still be praising God and still be doing all these kind of things? Right. That's the thing. That's the that's the secret sauce. And so, what we understand about the book of James is that James is the biological brother of Jesus. Some people say half brother because, you know, Mary had, by a miraculous uh, giving of the Holy Spirit, was, was carrying the Son of God, right? And so we, we look at James as the guy that grew up with Jesus. How many people would like to grow up with Jesus? Oh, not me, man. Y'all people that raise your hand, I'm like, oh, think about this. Like, if you if you, if you think you're not the favorite of your mom and dad, guess who is? It's going to be Jesus. Jesus had brothers and sisters. Can you imagine being growing, like growing up with Jesus? Like you're no, you know Jesus isn't going to get in trouble because he never disrespects his mother because that's a sin because he lived a sinless life. He never stole, never cheated, never lied, none of that stuff. So every time the kids got in trouble, all right, children, who got into the cookie jar? Jesus, I'm not talking to you. Think about it. Think about the, the the whole idea of growing up. And okay, children, who did this? No, not talking to Jesus. I'm talking about James and all your other brothers and your brother and your, and your sisters as well. They all had to have this. Oh, I can't stand this Jesus guy. Right? He's Mr. Perfect, literally. Like, you, how many people have sibling rivalries? If your siblings are in the house, don't raise your hands. Like, so. Your brother's like, dude, I didn't even know. <laughs> but I mean, we like a lot of us have. Sometimes people are like, you know, your mom's favorite. Well, Jesus had to be mom's favorite, right? Like, may, like you think about these, these kind of things. And so, even deeper than that, though, the reality of growing up with Jesus would have been very, very difficult in that, in that culture of the day. Like, Jesus' mother and James' mother and Jude's mother. And his other brothers and sisters and things like that, their mom had a kid out of wedlock. Now, today in our society, we're like, hey, uh, you know, maybe not ideal situation, but nobody's going to shun you in the, in society. But then, Joseph, the husband of Mary, was not only—it uh, was almost expected of him to kill Mary for being pregnant out of wedlock. Did you know that? Like, like growing up, you think about what James is going to go through and hear about his family, about this, oh, your mom's this. You think your mama jokes are funny. Man, these were like, no, these were like, they, I imagine that your mother is a whore. Your mother is a slut. Your mother did this. Your mother did that. And it's all because of Jesus, right? She had your brother, who you think is Mr. Perfect, out of wedlock. What kind of woman do you think she is? I mean, this is a, a, a serious deal. So when Joseph decides to marry her after being visited by, by, a, a, by a, an angel, he decides to marry her. That's one of the bravest things he ever could have done. So he's got an example of bravery and taking a, a plunge, even though the rest of the world is going to hate you. Guess what? Welcome to ministry. Welcome to the faith. Welcome to this. This is what Joseph, uh, James had to go through. Interestingly enough, this uh, letter from James is, is to the scattered new believers, probably written before 60 to 62 A.D. It's the oldest of all the uh, New Testament letters to the early church. And, and to think that, that James did not know Jesus until after the resurrection as his Lord and Savior. I'm absolutely stunned by this because you 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 know that he knew all about his ministry you know what the he knew all about what was being said about Jesus in the society about some people calling him a demon, some people calling him God, some people calling him a prophet, some people calling him this he became pretty famous in the circles that James was running in and yet James did not see Jesus as Lord and Savior until after the resurrection, which is an incredible, powerful testimony to the actual historic account of the resurrection. Side note, I hate, I don't hate a lot, but I hate when people say things about, well, what's your favorite story in the scriptures? Who's your favorite character of the Bible? Have you ever been asked that question when it comes to uh, the account? Historical accounts of the Civil War, hey, uh, do you know about who's your favorite character of the Civil war is is Abraham Lincoln your favorite character? Has anybody ever asked? It just sounds weird hey what has anybody ever told you the story of the Gettysburg Address? It just sounds weird. why? Because that's an actual account of history. What are you talking about right? My favorite character is general lee or or any one of those guys so I got like these are people. That actually lived and actually wrote down stuff and actually, and, and we're reading the same kind of characters or characteristics have the same kind of characteristics of the Bible, of people that that lived and and died and wrote, right? Amen. Like it's a weird thing. Like people just sometimes they just think of think of the Bible as just a good guide for our lives. <laughs> and it's so much more. James, what we find out in, in James 1, verse 1, listen to how he actually addresses himself to the early church. James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like, he didn't, he didn't name drop. Hey, guys, listen, I grew up with this Jesus. Nobody knows him better than me. He says, I am a slave of God and to my Lord Jesus The Christ, the Messiah. It's an incredible thing to think about. To the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. And the fact that James didn't believe in Jesus as Lord until after the resurrection, man, it's more than an Easter story. This actually happened. And we have hundreds of people that saw him, and people willing to write down what they said they saw, even to their own detriment. And neither, like like Jesus' family and the rest of James's brothers, sisters, mom, right, didn't necessarily see him as Messiah. Some people question that about Mary, but listen to this in Mark 3. And I know we're going into James, but I want to set up kind of how Jesus' early family. Our, our first-century family felt about him. Now, after Jesus like picked his twelve his twelve disciples, and they've got the apostles, and they're setting up, and they're doing ministry. It says in verse twenty of Mark three. Then he went home, and the crowd gathered again, so that they were not even able to eat. So all these people coming to coming to crowd people around so much. So I've never been in a crowd like that. Maybe at a concert a couple of times, you know, where you're. Like, so packed in, you have no choice where you're going to move, and your feet are about a a foot off the floor, you know, that kind of thing. But they were so crowded in, they couldn't even eat. Like, I've never been that crowded where at a restaurant or even at home where it's like, oh, I can't even eat. Somebody give me some room, right? I'm going to starve to death. When his family heard this, they set out to, what does it say? Restrain him. They wanted, to keep, they wanted to restrain Jesus because they said he's out of his mind. This is his family, right? Jesus is probably in his 30s by now. He's lived a perfect life so far. Never sinned one time. And yet, they're telling people he, he's out of his mind. Now, now, maybe they were saying that like, to try to protect Jesus. Maybe they're saying that to try to protect themselves. Or even maybe their reputation in town. They've had enough of this, of all the things they've had said about them their whole lives. And they're like, hey, 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 it's okay, he's out of his mind. He's kind of, you know, it's Jesus, you know, you know he said some weird stuff, right? The scribes who had come down from Jerusalem said he has Beelzebub in him. Demonic, right? And he drives out demons by the ruler of demons. So he summoned them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rebels against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but is finished. On the other hand, no one can enter a strong man's house and rob his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he will rob his house. I assure you, people will be forgiven for all sins. I'm going to explain something and check this. Listen to this. And whatever blasphemies, they, will, they may blaspheme. You can be forgiven for anything except. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness. But is guilty of an eternal sin because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. Now, I've had mine that are unbelievers. And I'm getting old enough to the point where I just just, just I'll just shout them out, right? Like at some point I'm like, ah, I don't, yeah, I yeah. It it may embarrass people. I don't I don't know. Because some of you guys may, "Oh, I know. I remember that." But I've had people, friends of mine, right, that are that are unbelievers and I've got a lot of unbelieving friends. I don't know if you guys know that. It's weird. I I I'm not in this this uh church bubble only kind of friends, Christian friends only. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying I'm just not, right? And I love the church bubble. I love my church friends. I love the fact that I get to hang with other people that finally think like me because the rest of the world don't. It drives me crazy. If I don't hang out with you guys, I will go crazy. Amen? You're a little crazy anyway. Who said amen? What? Come on, man. I'm sitting right here. But I had one of my, my, my friends said, oh, yeah. Heard all you got to do is blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you're gonna go to hell. Well, here's the deal: I'm gonna blaspheme the Holy Spirit. How about that? What you gonna say now, right? And it's not like that. You can say that, but the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is a rebelliousness and a rejection of the Messiah. See, God wrote down hundreds of things in the Old Testament and said, "This is what the Messiah is going to look like." Three hundred. 60 or so uh, things like he's going to be born in Bethlehem, he's born, he's born of a virgin, his hands and feet are going to be pierced, he's going to rise from the dead, his body's going to be put into a rich man's tomb. Like it's every, like you name it all over, right? And he fulfilled them all, even the small stuff, the, like insignificant stuff, like he's going to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. It's incredible. And he fulfilled them all. And he rose from the dead claiming to be God and claiming, hey, I'm going to rise from the dead. And he does it. And how blasphemous it is to go, yeah, I think I'm just going to go my own way. Of course, that's the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Verse 31, then his mother and his brothers came. Ah, there's some different parts of Christianity, if you will, that... Say, Mary was a perpetual virgin, and uh, Jesus' brothers and sisters, Jesus didn't have brothers and sisters. He was an only child. And I'm like, I'm not reading the same scripture you are then, right? His mother and brothers came, and standing outside, they sent word to him and called to him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied to them, who are my mother my brothers and looking at looking about at those who were sitting in a circle around him he said here are my mother and my brothers whoever does the will of god is my brother and sister and mother and all god's people said he's not dissing his mama jesus is not disrespecting his family Jesus is helping people to understand that, that that you and I are brother and sisters. And what's interesting is that in the first century, you could get in a lot of trouble legally if you called somebody else your brother because of property rights and inheritance and things like that. And these people actually did it. They called each other mama. They called each other daddy. They called each other Brother, and they called each other sister. And Jesus is like, "Hey, whoever, like, this is the real eternal, everlasting. Can't take it away, family. This is the family that will not forget you when you got when you're gone, because they're with you forever. Whoever does the will of my God, is my brother, and my sister, and my mother. Now I don't know about you guys, but sometimes our 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 blood relative families are the hardest ones." To quote unquote convert, to to share with Jesus about because it. like this, I don't know, it's like this this powdered butt syndrome. It's like, hey, I powdered your butt, you can't tell me what to do, right? But at the same time, it's some of the most fruitful times when family does get to know, but sometimes they won't. James did, in fact, came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior so much was so radical. And the reason there was dispersion, they were killing Christians. In fact, James was stoned to death for his faith, according to Josephus, an early Jewish historian, around 62 AD. And what's what's cool about the book of James, as you read it, is that they're going to have all... This is why this is called rivals, right? You're going to have this versus this in Scripture. For example, you're going to find... What does it look like to have immaturity versus maturity in the faith? How does it describe? What does it look like, right? You're going to hear things like hearing and doing the word. In fact, what I love about a lot of people is that they want to do what God wants them to do. And people tell them, here's what you do. You study the Bible. Now, you should study the Bible. But James, the Bible says in James, don't just be hearers of the word. Don't just memorize this. Actually do what it says, right? You're going to hear things like mercy versus judgment. How many of us get all angry when we see some Obvious sin that goes against God, and, and everybody seems to be approving it in society. And, and you look at it, it's got man, all kinds of stuff going on, and people are like, Yay, standing and nodding approval for the sin. And, and you know, it's what, not what God wants, whether it becomes sexuality or marriage or life or anything. You go look at it and you go, and You get mad, right? Versus, what if we had mercy on people? What if we had compassion on folks? We have faith versus works. Sometimes people have faith, and sometimes people do a lot of work for the ministry, and there's this combination that we've got to have. Faith without works is dead. We're going to look at my plan versus God's plan. We're going to look at what it means to be proud versus, versus humble. There's a lot in here in James, man. Some of you guys have told me already. I'm so excited for this, this, this study, this series, right? Then we're going to look at prayer versus worry, which is a huge, huge obstacle to our walk. When we're worried, when we're fretting, like even Jesus in his first public ministry sermon, the Sermon on the Mount said, do not be anxious about anything, right? Talk about going against what comes naturally. Who doesn't work? Jesus is like, don't be anxious about anything. And I know it's hard. And I know it's hard when things happen to friends of ours like, you know, like Amy and friends of ours that have, have passed on and, and things that we may be going through, whether it's financial or health or relational or whatnot. But here's Jesus like, I got you. And that's the most amazing, miraculous thing we could ever do is submit our natural desires to his and let him do with us whatever he wants. So here's my challenge for us this week, and we'll pray and we'll we'll finish up. I have Caleb and and the most most incredible worship team we've ever seen come and finish this out. Here's the challenge I want you to take. I want you to take 30 minutes this week. It's about what it'll take you. Unless you read like meat, it might take 40, maybe 45. Read the book of James. Five chapters. And it will take you about thirty to forty five minutes, depending on how fast you want to read it. Please don't skim it. Please try to absorb what God is telling you. You could do one chapter a day for the next, you know, five days. You could read it all at one time. Some people like to do that. But read the entire entire letter that James wrote to the dispersed Christians in the early church. It'll blow your mind. And ask the Holy Spirit, man, to open up the understanding of what James was trying to say. And it did say through the Holy Spirit to the early church. It's incredible. Amen? Is that cool? Can you do that? Are you going to join me in that? So let me pray for us, and we'll, uh, we'll get you rock and rollers going. Father, we love you, and we're thankful. And we do lift Amy up, Lord. Um, a lot of us are just, man, just just hurting. And um, But, Lord, we, li- we belong to you. Amy belongs to you. All of us belong to you. We are yours unless we have blasphemed your Holy Spirit. If we have rejected your Son as Messiah, we're on our own. And that ain't a fun place to be. So, God, here's the thing. We trust you. May we learn more and more what it actually means to lay down our lives every day. Take up your cross and follow you. The world may not understand it. The world may not like it. The world might even cancel us. Oh, no, we might even be ridiculed on Facebook. Big freaking deal. I'm not intentionally going to try to be canceled, Lord, but may none of us, may none of us be scared to be brave for you. This is a war. This is a fight, and we love you for giving us the energy, the tools, the protection, and the eternity to lovingly fight your way. We love you. We thank you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody on Facebook live stream said, and everybody in here said, amen.